Now, O McGee is back with us, our consumer expert and financial advisor with Prosperous Financial to answer all of your questions. Owen, we've lots of them in here, so we're going to get started. Um, What can I do to prepare for a pension? I'm in my early 40s, but haven't worked for over 20 years for health reasons. I'm not entitled to social welfare because my husband has a good job. Everything I have in this world is contingent on him. We have wonderful relationships, so that is not my concern. But getting morbid for a second, if he predeceases me, I'm only entitled to get a fraction of his pension. What can I do? Okay, so if you haven't worked for the last 20 years, it means you are not paying tax and pension is not for you, like as in the traditional Mm. pension structure. The whole advantage of pension is is that it's tax free. You get tax relief on the way in, tax free growth and you get a tax free lump sum, some of it at, at retirement. But if you're not paying tax, there's no point in going near that. And what you need to do is, is you need to look at two things. First of all, you could just do savings. So you could do a savings policy and you're making life much harder on yourself because you're not getting the tax relief, but you don't have a choice. You don't have tax to write off against it. But I would also wonder if your concern and the thing keeping you awake at night is that your your husband dies and you get left with nothing or you get half of what he would have been entitled to. Maybe you need to check and see if he has enough life cover on him. Yeah, if this is a life genuine, insurance yeah, issue. Yeah, that's a gen- and, and a lot of the times, if if it's the type of pension that you're talking about that you'd only be entitled to half, that sounds like, without getting too technical, a defined benefit scheme, which means that it's unlikely that a company is still providing someone one of these Rolls-Royce pensions without giving some type of life cover on top of it. Maybe you don't even know there's life cover in the background. So maybe do a bit of digging into into the pension or into, yeah, into the pension that he has and see what would you be entitled to. What would you to? be entitled yeah. to. Okay. Um, another one in here. Is there tax defi- is there tax efficient ways of transferring shares from parents to their children? Do you just have to pay cap gains and inheritance that came in from Jay in Dublin? This is a big issue, I think, for people when they're trying to move things around. Yeah, so this is a big problem. So in general, your parents can give you €320,000 in your lifetime and you pay no tax on that. When you go above that amount, you start paying tax at 33%. Lots of people don't realise the house is included in that. So if they died and they gave you their home, and particularly with the house prices with the way they've gone, mm. it's if you break that 320000 you're going to be paying tax, even if it means you have to sell the house to come up with the money. Okay? So that's the first step. They can give you a certain amount of money. Remember if they're giving you shares. That's like they're selling them. The fact that you have, you're taking them off them and they don't sell them, physically sell them, that they're giving them to you. If they've made a profit on the books, they will have to pay the tax on the profit okay. straight away. Then you'll receive them. It'll come out of your 320 allowance, but you won't pay tax until you sell them on, and you'll only pay tax on the profit. So let's just very easily put this through. Imagine it's 100 grand worth of shares. Okay. Mammy and daddy bought them for 50 mm. and mammy and daddy are giving them to you. Mammy and daddy will pay tax on the growth between the 50 and the 100. That tax has to be paid even though they didn't actually get any physical cash because they gave you the shares. Then you have the 100 grand of shares. That's come off your 320 allowance. And 220 left. Yeah. And if if the 100 grows to 200, you're going to pay tax on the growth between the 100 and the 200. There's tax, there's tax, and then there's more tax. And that's what happens. So for Jay in Dublin, talk to a tax expert then before you start trying to move those things around and make sure if there is anything you can do to limit the levels, do it. But it just sounds like you'll have to pay it. To to keep it really simple, you can get 320,000 euros off your parents. After that, you're paying tax. And shares really make it complicated. Okay, one in here. Hi, Owen. We have inherited 50,000 from a relative and are looking to build an extension to our house. We estimate that we'll spend about 120k. We've 50k left on our mortgage and wonder should we pay that off and borrow for the extension or put the 50k towards the extension and borrow less? 
kind regards. That's an interesting one. I'm not sure I'd be, uh, I'm not sure the benefit of paying off a mortgage to get a new, a new bigger mortgage. And there's no real benefit for that. If you're going to do anything, you might just top up the existing mortgage. So there's no real benefit of paying one off and get the other unless. Well, if they paid the 50k off though, the mortgage and then took out 120,000 yeah, but why not just get a why, okay. why just get a top up? So what people actually don't realize a lot of the time is is that if you have a mortgage, say you have seventy grand left on your mortgage and you need another fifty, you don't have to clear off the seventy and get one hundred and twenty. You can just leave the existing seventy as it is, and particularly mm. if you've got something like a tracker mortgage, you leave the seventy alone, and then you get a top up of fifty thousand euros. It's a, it's like having two accounts. So some people do lose sleep over that. I've got two mortgages. You don't. You have one hundred and twenty thousand euro mortgage, just two account numbers attached to them. That's all it is. There's no need to clear off the mortgage, and it would be very unusual circumstances that you clear off the first mortgage to take out a new bigger one um, and it does, just doesn't really I can't see the financial logic to is, that Is there a psychological yeah, thing there that, definitely that's like why people I, just go I'd love to clear off my mortgage and then they're like oh but I'm just going to clear it off and then I'll take out another loan That's why I said there's no financial <laughs> logic to what's going on there I oh. don't get it <laughs> Okay one in here uh, What is the best way to use your credit card so it costs you less in charges from the bank that come in from Charlie The best way of using a credit card is actually just to tear it up and never use it ever again right? which is what I did yeah. after learning the lesson the hard way yes now there is if you're really disciplined and you're really clever about it what you can do is, is you can put money on a credit card and you it's generally 56 days that you can get interest free you pay for something today and as long as you pay off the balance of it within 56 days if you've got your timing exactly right at the very start of the month you can get 56 days interest free no credit whatsoever and that can be a really useful way of using money if you're very very disciplined but if you go over that at all it is going to cost Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Credit cards are sold on the basis that we all believe the future is bright. Mm. Everybody says, oh, sure, I'm going to get a bonus. I'm going to do this. Sure, I'll stick it on the credit card because I'm getting this money at some stage. That's like nobody sits here and thinks, or very few of us sit here thinking the future is awful and it's going to be crap and I really hate what it looks. And if those type of people shouldn't have credit cards anyway. But my point is that credit cards are awful things for getting people caught up in money, getting people caught up in very high interest rates. Like, think about it. If you have a thousand euros mm. on your credit card, in simple interest terms, you could be talking as much as 229 euros in interest for a year. Like, that's massive interest. Talk to me about the minimum payment on a credit card. That's Even if you pay that, you're, like it's really of no use to you. You need to be clearing it off. Yeah, we had numbers on the show last year, on the, the TV show involved in last year, where we got, we had someone, I think they had about 4,000 euros on the credit card. And if they were paying the minimum payment and it was going to be 9.1 years, it was what it was going to take them to pay back that. It's actually incredible, but I don't think people realise that. I don't think, people think that if they're play, paying, like the average person thinks, okay, if, once I'm paying my minimum, minimum payment off that's fine that's all they're really asking me to do but they don't look into it and don't realise that they're really paying for it like that's just that that's all they're asking me to do why do you think they're asking you yeah, to do that they're asking you to do that yeah they get the most amount mm. of interest you know what else I've seen on credit card statements I seen one the other day that said the interest rate on this credit card is 1.344% per month and people say oh it's not 16% it's 1.3% that's per fine. month yeah and it's it's incredible how we trust our credit card provider. They are the ones taking more money out of your pocket on a month-to-month basis than any of so the other people you borrow money off. cut it in half, which is what I did. Now, Owen, what's the best plan to save for children's future? I'd like to put aside some money every month for my young children's education as they grow up. Where is best to put this money? This People always ask this question and I think it's a really good one. Where should you put that money? Okay, well, let's take the children's allowance or the child benefit, €140 Euros a yeah. month. If the day your child is born, you put that into a bank account or an on-post account or a credit union account, 
account, something that's a just an ordinary account. You need to add about 170 quid a month to that to have enough in that account at 18 years of age to put that child through college. According okay. to Union Students of Ireland, 12,500 euros a year. That's about 50 grand yeah. is what it's case for so four years So where can you put it that will earn that money you for you? You need to put it in what we've always call, talked about on this show, a no-brainer 60-40 portfolio. If you're not getting advice, 60% in shares, 40% in bonds. People get scared. Don't be scared. You only need to add 50 quid a month to the 140 euros a month in order for that to put your child through college. So it's about being clever. It's about being smart with it. When you have more than five years to your goal or your objective, Mm. bank accounts are not the place to put the money. You will lose money against inflation. So you have to start looking at things that have a little bit more risk. But you know what? The one thing that dilutes risk more than anything else is time. And with a child with 18 years to go to college, there's a huge amount of time. Anything more than five years is plenty of dilution, particularly when you're talking about regular premiums. So leave it somewhere that you can leave it and and let it work for you. And what we talk about is, is set it up properly at the start and then invest and forget. Just leave it alone. Okay, I'm due to get a lump sum uh, from my pension. I'm only 53 and want to invest. Any advice, please? Yeah, so if it's for your pension, first of all, that would suggest to me that you're actually at retirement age and you're taking the money out. The first thing I'd say is spend some of it on yourself. You've worked this far. Don't just put it all away and like, you know what? You need to enjoy it at some stage. Maybe now is it. But then again, depend. You need to divide that money up pre-five years and post-five years. Pre-five years, bank accounts, post-five years. If you're not getting advice, it's your 60-40 portfolio. You need to just keep going back to that. You need your biggest fear here is inflation. Inflation just eats away at this stuff. You put money into a bank account at 0.2%. The European Central Bank is trying to get inflation at 2% every year. So you're losing 1.8% per year on your money. It's a massive it's a massive drag on putting money in bank accounts. Get a little bit of advice. It's pension time. You surely had someone who helped you with the paperwork for the pension. Ask them what to do with that money, where exactly to put it. Okay, Owen McGee, consumer expert and financial advisor with Prosperous Financial. There's loads more questions in there, but you are taking to Facebook Live in the next few minutes so he will get through some of them that is all we've got time for today Sean Moncrief is up next a big thanks to the team as always Michael Quilligan was on sound Claire Darmody and Emma Cawley producing with Ross Leahy researching thanks for taking part today and for listening I'm going to be back tomorrow at 12 for lunchtime live on Scripted so it's open season whatever you want to talk about I'm up for it so just get in touch uh, in the meantime have a good one Thursday <laughs>